Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, what's up? This is Spider from Power Man 5000, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. This is the Sean Baker Orchestra with Which Way to Radio Land.
Hey guys, on today's episode, we welcome Spider One from Power Man 5000. I don't think he's been on the show before. If he has, it's been a long, long time since we've spoken with him. So anyways, we're about to get into that interview. But before we do, please support Talking Metal by leaving a five-star review review for us on iTunes. Uh, you can also just simply follow me at my Twitter accounts, Talking Metal or Striegel. That's S-T-R-I-G-L. Follow Talking Metal on Instagram. And also, just so you know, if you're listening to this on the site, it sounds better if you get it through iTunes. Just a little tip. So I suggest subscribing to it. You get a higher quality MP3 file when you download it through uh, iTunes. Also, the Talking Metal hotline is open. No one seems to use it, so except a handful of people. I'd love to get a message from somebody who's never called before. Call me today, 973-757-1917. 973-757-1917. Just say hey, even if it's a, a 10-second message, you know, saying you like the show or whatever. You can also support my podcasts on patreon.com slash talking metal or through PayPal. Just go to paypal.me slash Mark Striegel. That's M-A-R-K-S-T-R-I-G-L. Paypal.me slash Mark Striegel. And finally, Amazon. All the links, no matter what com- country you're in now, you know, well, not all countries, but United Kingdom, USA, Canada. We have iTunes, or not, I'm sorry, Amazon links for all those places. Again, Amazon links now available for USA, Canada, and the UK. So uh, join us for your shopping experience on Amazon by going to talkingrock.net and using those Amazon links to take you on over to Amazon. You just got to pick your country. All right. UK people, please step it up. I could use you. They shut down these links if no one's using them. So I could use a handful of you to go do some shopping on Amazon in the United Kingdom. That would be so awesome. And we have a pretty big base over there. Some really great talking metalheads over there. Again, we've migrated over to a new site, talkingrock.net. Please check it out. You got talking metal stuff there. You got talking rock stuff there. The Mark and Mitch show. That's a new video show that I do with uh, Mitch LaFon weekly is hosted there, as well as my my podcast I do with Mitch LaFon, which is called Metal Raps. It's back. Okay. Metal Raps was in hiatus for a while. It's back. Cool. And that's that. All Mitch's shows are posted there too. So without further ado, let's get into a little brand new Power Man 5000. This is David fucking Bowie. I heard it's a god-awful small affair Burning bright but never anywhere So let's dance like with David fucking Bowie Come on, come on Take a look, see the mice in the million hordes Celebrate as they fall on the swords So let's dance like with David fucking Bowie Come on
That was a little Power Man 5000, brand new Power Man 5000. Definitely check these guys out. And without further ado, let's get into my interview with Spider One from Power Man 5000. Hey, it's Mark Striegel from Talking Metal and calling in on the line from Power Man 5000, Spider One. How are you, Spider? Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. I've I've really been enjoying the new record. It's called New Wave. It's been out probably about, what, two months or less than two months, I guess, at this point. Yeah, I think it came out at, uh, what did it come out? End of October, right? If I yeah. remember. Yeah, okay. that's right. So yeah, it's been out for a couple months, not even a couple months now. Still brand new. Cool. Well, I want to talk to you about some of the individual songs off the record. But first, uh, you know, you've been doing this thing where you've been making great music since the mid 90s really is it is the process of creating and recording new music does it become easier over time or more difficult over time how hard is it for you to create new music i mean you know certain things uh well you know i was gonna say certain things are easier but i feel like it's it's always kind of difficult um you know what generally happens every record i always think it's going to be easy. Like I've done this forever. I know what to do, you know, but, you know, but what always happens is you, you start, you sort of get an initial inspiration, right? You feel like, okay, now it's time to make some, some a new record. You get a couple of song ideas and the first couple of songs come flying out. And it's like, this is going to be easy. You know, <laughs> this is going right. to be great. And then you get to song four, five, six, and you're just, like I got nothing else. I'll never write another song again. You know, um, so it, you know, I feel like there's always this pattern and then you get past that hurdle and you feel like inevitably you're like, okay, we got the record done. Let's just write one more song. And that song generally always is a single, always, you know, and the same thing happened on this record. We, we had, you know, 10 or 11 songs written. I was like, okay, we have enough for a record. I feel good about it. Let's just throw one more out there for fun. And that ended up being, Sid Vicious in a Dress, okay. which ended up being the first single. First single, funny. the first music yeah. video, which is a real fun, fun vibe for that. You can, you can almost feel the, it has like an organic, you know, kind of feel just about the song. So, I mean, that makes sense what you're saying that it, what, how did it come about? Were you guys just jamming or was it you on your own? Well, that particular song, interestingly, I had that idea. I had that title for a song <clears throat> for, for, for a while, like maybe even like, a year or two. And I had it like in my phone, my notes just written down, submissions and address. And I had some rough lyric ideas. And I always thought this is such a great idea for, for a song, but I'll never use it for myself. Like I always felt it would be like, I don't know, you know, if not that I write songs for other people, but if I did, I, maybe I could for somebody else. Like right. even like a, like, a, like a female singer singing about herself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it just kept sticking and I just kept going back to it. And I was like, well, fuck it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to try and make it a power man song. Um, because it is, it is a little bit more straight ahead conceptually than a lot of our songs. You know, I tend to write things that aren't quite as literal, you know? So that, that was maybe one of the reasons why I was a little bit, you know, shied away from it for a while. But, um, but yeah, then it ended up just like, like you said, it was a bit more of a fun song. Um, and it came out really, it was like one of those songs that was just done in a day. And it was just like, well, that was easy. So, and you, those tend to be the best songs. The yeah. ones, the ones you have to labor over tend to not, you know, it, it, you know, in like when we were talking about the process of making a record, if there's a song that we're, we're like 
going back to on a third day, I'm just like, you know what, let's just trash this one and start something new. It shouldn't be that hard, you know? Right on, right on. Another song that I really enjoy off the record, David fucking Bowie. You know, I first was like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. it's a, a tribute to David Bowie, which I wanted to ask you because it, it does feel that way somewhat. But then when I was listening to the lyrics, there's also this message, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but there was this message that I took from the song that was, you know, it it's okay to be different and not to, you don't want to fall into the norm and, and, become part of the the system i don't know what what is what is the lyrics uh, when you wrote the lyrics did you i'm assuming you wrote the lyrics for this what what were the yeah what was yeah. the meaning behind these lyrics for you i mean i think i mean i think it's both i mean obviously you know bowie just had passed away not long before and, and he was always like a big influence just in terms of you know i, I mean i don't know i was always i always liked my heroes to feel like they knew more than I did, you know, or came from someplace that I didn't know existed. And Bowie was like the ultimate example of that. So in its simplest form, yeah, it's just sort of like, you know, recognition of like his, you know, effect on not only me, but all of music. But that said, you know, what you touched on really is, is a message that is not only in that song, but really the whole album, you know, sometimes you don't set out making a record with a concept or an idea, but it kind of finds it by the time you're done, you start finding all these parallels or these connect, the dots are connected from song to song. And I realized that one of the things that, that was really inherent in all the songs was this idea of, you know, this youthful rebellious spirit that a lot of us start out with and for whatever reason uh, lose, you know, either it's beaten out of us or we, we, we quote unquote grow up and we move on, you know, and we find other priorities in our life and we, we kind of lose that, that rebellious spirit that we start out with. And, and, and I realized that I, I never lost that. And I didn't know like if I should be embarrassed by that or proud of it. And I was just sort of exploring this idea of like, you know, at this point in my life, why I still feel like I'm fighting the good fight and like, you know, I mean, not, not like trying to fit in and whatever it is, you know, um, you know, that, I guess that punk rock sentimentality that I discovered when I was, you know, 13, that just had such a big impact on me that it's just, I haven't been able to shake it. And so, you know, whether it's David fucking Bowie or No White Flags. I was going to say, Austin No White Age, Flags I mean, really yeah. fits into that too, which is just this haunting, simple guitar part, but your vocals sound great and the strings or synth or whatever that is that comes in and kind of dances around yeah. is, is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there is that. I'm glad you picked up on that because that really is sort of like if there's one theme that flops, you know, floats through all the songs, that would definitely be it. Very cool. Um, Cult Leader I found also to be interesting i mean this album is definitely diverse you know and in, in cult leader to me kind of stood out as something that was definitely different uh for power man 5000 at least in my opinion i mean it, almost this like power punk rock vibe and is is that kind of a nod right. to the the you know the english punk rock bands of the of the 70s and early 80s i mean it, it is in a sense that because that is i mean that is the you know music that had a huge impact on me and, and, you know, and you can kind of tell, um, you know, I write all the lyrics and, and, and on this record, I wrote a lot more of the guitar than normal. I'm not a guitar player. 
but I can stumble through uh, guitar enough to put a song together. Right. So if you hear a lot of these songs like Cult Leader and David Bowie and all that, you know, they're very sort of at the core, like super basic, like very basic punk rock structure. And that's because that's, <laughs> that's like the limit of my ability as a guitar player. And then I will, you know, hand it over to one of my guitar players who can then take it and make it more, you know, but, um, so yeah, Cult Leader was one of those songs that, you know, I just sat down with a, I wrote most of the guitar parts on a, like a little toy, uh, like a little children's guitar. Oh, wow. <laughs> I would just sit and we've had it in the house and I just pick it up and like, you know, it's super t- small scales. It's really easy to play and nylon strings and, you know, right. like, and, and I would just kind of bang out these little progressions and, you know, and, and, and so, you know, that, that to me is how I learned what, what little I do know on guitar by listening to, you know, punk rock songs. So I tend to, you know, I tend to, to gravitate towards writing like that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, it's a, it's, it's always a goal to sort of infuse, um, you know, the, I mean, power man from the beginning has been nothing but like a weird, you know, stew of, uh, influences, you know, whether it's right. metal or punk rock or rap or new wave or, you know, electronically. I mean, it's, it's, it's always been a challenge of mine because on this, you know, when it, on the surface, it seems like a disaster in the making of trying to combine all these, these vibes, but, you know, just always on the, uh, on the quest to, to combine all these things and come out with the one cohesive sound, you know? Right on. Now you worked with a guy named Greg Johnson. He, uh, I think co-produced the record with you where I don't know much about Greg. Where did you uh, come in contact with him? Yeah, Greg was just one of these guys, like he's a young dude and he hasn't, um, you know, really done anything that, you know, like, uh, like any big credits, but he was a friend of my tour manager and we had had, we, we had some, uh, some live tracks and he's like, let me bring Greg, give a shot at mixing one of these live songs. And so he did it and it sounded great. And, um, you know, I, I was in, uh, I was on the search for something new, somebody new to work with, and uh, so it was just kind of like he agreed to just throw together a like a traveling Pro Tools rig and just come to my house and oh, like cool. let's do a song together and see how it goes. And and that song ended up being that song Hostage, which was you know like the first song we tracked, and I was like super happy with it. Um, and he had a you, you know it was sort of he fell into the mold of, of the kind of person that for whatever reason I tend to work with, because I tend to be the, the side that is purely um, aesthetic, you know, like, I don't know, right. like music theory. I don't know any of this stuff. I, I just like, man, I just gotta be like this and I'll just, you know, try to, and then Greg's on the other side is like, you know, uh, like right now he's, he's scoring uh, like it, orchestras for television tv you know so he's got this other side which is this very schooled you know so it's 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 always like a great battle you know like having somebody that knows everything and then me which is just pushing for a vibe and a feeling and those two things come together and uh, so it was a cool working uh collaboration and Right. And plus, he's a huge Star Trek fan, so we would talk about that all the time. <laughs> nice. Nice. Now, speaking of TV, like nerd, nerd. speaking of TV, you had your name attached to uh, a TV series a number of years ago, Death Valley. Is uh, is yeah. is that something you look to you want to get back into, like TV production and coming up with TV and film ideas? 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm always working at it. Um, I mean, if there's one business that's even tougher than music, it's that. So it's like, you know, you know, like the death Valley thing, uh, you know, it was from the initial birth of the idea by the time I got in the air, it was like a six or seven year journey, you know? Um, you know, so it's it interesting because it was a it was a show based around monster, you know, zombies and werewolves, and everyone thought like, oh, is this timely because Walking Dead's on? It's like, no, this right. has been something I've been developing for you, you know. But um, but yeah, I'm always trying to do that kind of stuff. I mean, that is really like my uh, equally as uh, invested in that as I am in music, and wow. you know, I was a couple years last year or a year before last, I had spent like a year developing. Uh, an animated show for Disney, which never ended up making on the, on the air, but it was, it was like a great experience of, you know, doing that. And so, you know, cool. I have, I've got a, a whole bunch of different concepts that, that, you know, I'm always trying to, trying to get on the air. So do you work with like an really agent to, to pitch stuff to, to production companies and stuff? It's funny. I, anything that I've ever had happen and I include music in this has been purely through just, sheer determination right. you know i've always a joke about anything i've ever done i've been completely unqualified to do but somehow figure it out you know and when i decided to uh to try to jump jump into the tv game you know i started doing some research and i was completely like disheartened it would just seem like it was never going to happen because you know every every sign was saying you can't do it you can't do it like this you've got to follow this path and it's going to take you 15 years to finally get to the point where anyone will even listen to you and I was like, well, I can't do that. And, uh, and at the time it was, you know, it was sort of, you know, things like YouTube were around and stuff, but it was kind of before people were becoming famous or discovered through stuff like that. And right. my idea was like to, to, you know, I was working with a production company and, and I was like, we should just go make this. And cause I don't think people are understanding this concept of the show death Valley. And they're like, no, we don't, that's not the way it's done. So I ended up walking away from a partnership with a really big production company and just went out with a borrowed camera and 500 bucks and shot wow. this really cheap trailer for this death Valley idea. And, you know, fast forward a few years later, it ended up on the desk of a, an executive at MTV. And he said, he put it on and in five minutes, he was like, I want this. I mean, not five minutes, five seconds of watching it. He's like, right. I want this. And that's wow. how it happened. You know, so I feel like it's the same sort of thing. You just have to like make stuff. And, you know, it's definitely a show me culture these days, you know, like, right. There's no excuse anymore because you can, you can make a movie on your phone now, you know? Right. So, uh, yeah, no know, one so wants that's how to I try see, to uh, I mean, I'm in the TV business and no one wants to see a pitch on a piece of paper anymore. Everyone wants to see a visual sizzle reel or something. They have to, or even a, a first pilot episode in some cases. Yeah, you want look. You also want someone to understand your like, you know. For instance, uh, you know, with the Death Valley thing, we were talking about vampires and zombies and werewolves. Now, I don't know what you know. If I talk, if I say vampire, one person's thinking, you know, Bella Lugosi with a cape, and you know, another person's thinking, you know, so, you know, something entirely differently. So, I think it's really important you know, for me, anyway, was to try to even on a limited scale to at least communicate the idea clearly and then and then that person you're pitching it to or whatever can can make that call whether or not they they want it or not you know but yeah it's very 
I think the days of just going in a room and talking are, are over. Yeah, definitely. Hey, so they recently, I heard you mentioned Star Trek and that Greg likes Star Trek, you like Star Trek. There was this recent announcement that Quentin Tarantino and J.J. Abrams are going to be, I guess, teaming up to do a new Star Trek movie. Any thoughts on that? Oh, I didn't even know about that. Um, yeah, yeah just like uh, within the last 48 hours, they said Quentin Tarantino and J.J. Uh, Abrams teaming up to do a Star Trek movie. That could certainly be, I mean, the, the Quentin Tarantino aspect could certainly be really like flip that on its head for yeah. sure. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I, I've always been uh, more of a classic Trek fan. You know, I never really like got into the other ones because I, I, I just felt it was a, a magic with that first one right, with the William Shatner and anymore. I just felt like I just watch that still and I, I just get sucked into it. Um, so I just feel like it's almost like pop art, you know, it's like looking at an Andy Warhol painting. It's just, there's something aesthetically about it that's so unique and so bizarre. Um, where the other ones to me have just been more like, you know, I don't know. They just don't have the same magic, but that's just probably, you know, other people would argue, you know, that they love the later ones better. But, um, I mean, I would, you know, I'm, I'm open to any, I didn't, I'm not the biggest, uh, JJ Abrams fan necessarily right. but i did think that the uh the the first movie uh that he did was was pretty solid and i do think that the casting was great you know i, I felt like the people that they cast as kirk and spot were really kind of did a great job like capturing the spirit of, of the original for sure chris pine yeah, as as uh, kirk yeah right. Yeah. yeah, definitely cool. So back to back to music. Power Man Five Thousand. You guys just yeah. wrapped a tour uh, that took you through the West and, and Midwest of the United States. And I know you were out here on the East Coast earlier in the year, but but now that the record's out, are there any plans to return to the East Coast or Northeast? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll be. I, I mean, I saw a tentative routing for the next tour, and it takes us all through the the East Coast, and awesome. you know. Um, which is, you know, of course, ridiculous because we always do it to ourselves every year. We'll end up in, you know, New York in February and be miserable, and you know, right. or in Minneapolis, and you know, and in a in a snowstorm. But we tend to be that band that, for some reason, our schedule always puts us on the road in the heart of the winter. But yeah, we'll. I mean, we plan on hitting everywhere. We just, you know, when you when you when you put a record out in October, you don't have a lot of touring time before the holidays. So. Um, I suspect that 2018 will be, you know, pretty slammed with, with dates all over the place. Cool. Very good. Well, hopefully we'll see you when you come through New York or New Jersey. Uh, would love to attend the show. And on that note, again, guys, the album is New Wave by Power Man 5000. We've been talking with Spider One. Thanks so much for joining us today, Spider. Yeah, it was a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me.
That's a great song, isn't it? A little, little different feel than, than, I guess, what you'd expect from Power Man 5000. At least what I'd expect, but what do I know? Love that song. It's great. No White Flags. Off the new record by Power Man 5000, which is called New Wave. Thanks to Eric Baker for setting up that interview. And uh, that's going to do it for today's show. To end the show, some classic Power Man 5000. This is When Worlds Collide. Again, please use those Amazon links. We need your support, UK people especially, Canadian people especially. Use the Amazon links on TalkingRock.net. Again, When Worlds Collide by Power Man 5000. Some classic stuff right here. You got the system for total control. Now is there 
Now this is for the second world collide. 